0: All right, oh, these are complimentary. They were written kind of back-to-back on back-to-back days, couple of days. The dark and the light here, kind of. Here's the first one. Temperatures and tensions remain high, watermark only reaching the eyes, the content of time sliding like it's somebody's fault. But really, the division is a shift in opposing directions and something's gotta give. 2. The fog rolls and the wetness settles in, cooling the fevers and fires, soothing the mood of desire, forged and sharpened, nerves heightened and frightened by the flames and fumes, now calling upon the precipitation to temper the searing edge, the difference between marks and scars, liquid stars lift the heavy burden of heat. Please stay tuned for the Common Thread Collective coming up next, Diamond Dave's back after a few rough weeks. He's feeling better. He's got a new hat. Uh, <laughs> he's got he's got friends who've, who've brought him down here. Thank you, Bill. Um, so we're having a welcome back party for Diamond Dave. So bring your instrument or your poetry or just bring yourself and hang out. Bring your presence. Your presence is a gift. Um, you know, nothing perks up Dave like community. So let's have a party today from three to six. If you're in the neighborhood, come on down to 21st in Florida. We'd love to see you. Uh, Let's have a good time. Let's appreciate the Common Thread Collective. Um, It's a very special occasion that we, uh, every week. Um, But, you know, we got to appreciate it while we have it and while it's happening. And you make it happen, and we make it happen. So peace to you all. Um, Stay tuned, and we'll play a little more music for you. And we'll be back in about 10 minutes or so so come on down and join us at mutinyradio.fm san francisco and remember just when your aspirations seem outrageous like divesting from the war machine remember like code pink inspiration is contagious peace thank you here's some more music from emma's revolution and we'll be back in a few minutes lots of love Welcome to the Common Thread Collective. Happy Friday, everybody. It is October 27th, 2017. I'm Global Val, sitting here with Diamond Dave. Here I be. As I see, Diamond D right next to me in the Newtony Radio booth. It's good to have you here, Dave.
1: Really, it's really good to be here. We got a special show today, so stick around. I have Garrick Beck one of the founders of that family I call my extended family. I'm talking with the Rainbow Family. I mean here's a book out called True Stories. It's a beautiful book. He's gonna be calling it 315, so so I'll I'll leave it for that. 315 Greg Beck is calling from Santa Fe, New Mexico. So hang on in. And here we are. So take it away, what Ubi? Yeah, Ubi Doobie, letting us know. Don't worry. Everything's
0: gonna be alright. All you know, you know what will work a lot better is if I plug it in. Uh, this is mutiny radio folks, and it's wonderful that we are not uh, beholden to any sort of uh, programming interests who tell us what to do. But uh, I'll, I'll be locating that that uh, cable real quick now that I now that I realize that I haven't done so yet. I see it right now. This is called improvising. And this is called ro- Going with the Flow. Do you believe in that? And we, we do. We totally believe so in that. We do. Let's see. There we go. Found where it needed to go. And uh, here we be. Back back in action with Ubi.
2: Yes. Pretty sure. <laughs> Can you watch them fling their poo.
1: Sometimes I want. Like
3: the blues come from, up and down, sometimes it's not so fun, I try my best to tell myself, it's all É e
0: Well, everything's all right so far, and it is Friday. It's a beautiful day. It's hot, though, and uh, we've got bloodflower out there on the keys, so uh, take it away, friend. Hey, flower. like that that end flourish you ended with there blood flower. Thank you. That was great. Thank you. That was great. Hey everybody, it is Friday afternoon. We hope you can come down to Mutiny Radio and join us here at the corner of 21st and Florida Streets. We're right here at the corner of 2781 21st Street, and we'd love to see you come down. This is a community open mic. You can come down and play music. We have a piano. Um, you can we like a lot of acoustic music, but we do have a small amp you could plug something into if you'd want. And um, yeah, come on down and jam. But of course, not just music. We also have poets, activists, writers, community members. And when I say community, I'm talking about community from around the world. This is not um, just a localized thing, but uh, if you are out there listening somewhere around the planet on Mutiny FM, we're sending love from San Francisco and hoping that uh, it uh, reverberates around the planet. And uh, that is the the uh, the measure of this show. So thank you for joining us. I'm gonna play a little music, and we'll be back in a couple minutes with a phone call from Garrick.
4: i radiate like Africa And smile upon the world In a galactic love laughter and if I were the rains I'd wash away the whole world's pains And bring the gift of cool Like ice cream trucks on sunny days And if I were the earth I'd be like mountains bountiful And if I were the sky so high I'd be like wind invincible And if I could be a seed I would give birth to redwood trees and follow the trees. I generate the freshest air to breathe in. What 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 I be is what I be. What I be is what I be. What I be. I would stay evergreen Spread my limbs out wide And pull up so close to me and if I could be the roots I would dig deep like ancestry and If I were the fruits you make the sweetest cherry pie for me And if I could be the night, my moon replace electric lights and magic music would transmit from outer space on satellites and if myself could be the ocean, you would feel emotion all the time and if I were the words, then everything everybody said would rhyme and what I be. Love someone. Love someone. Love someone. Love someone. If I could be sex, my woods would protect. I'd be in the lives of all who connect. What the heck? I make it so we all got selected. Boys would be dripping, pure hot intellect, and the minds of the masses would all stay erect. And then, just for kicks, I mail out some checks. Address to those who sent the use late texting. Yes, that's what I would do if I was sex.
5: I could be you,
4: could be you, could be me I could be you, could be you, could be me I could walk a mile in your shoes You could walk a mile in my feet What I be, 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 what I be Somebody love someone, love Do you love someone? He loves someone. Love someone. Do you love somebody? Then hold that one. Do you love someone? Do you love someone? Love someone. Do you
6: love somebody? Love someone.
1: Love someone. Hey Garrick Beck, are you there?
6: I hear you, Diamond Dave. Is that you?
1: That's me. And, and you can hear me. I can hear you. Uh, I can hear you. Uh, uh, clear as a bell. I'll start with that. Excellent. Hey, Garrick Beck. I'm sitting here with a copy of your book in front of me. The book is True, is true Stories. And uh, last month, I began to see the cover around on what they call the social media. Right now, we're talking at, on Mutiny Radio, heard around the planet on the Internet. And this be true stories. This be that, where, where, what do I say, the past shakes hands with the future to the now, right now.
6: That's and what that, we're trying to do, Dave. That's what I'm trying to do with the book.
1: That's
7: I, 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 called
6: I, it true, I called it true stories because there's 52 stories in the book. And I think that, that I, I called it that because some of them are just so unbelievable. Such amazing little things, even if they weren't all earth-shaking. Some of these stories just showed human beings doing something amazing, something beautiful, something powerful, something strong for the people, for the earth. And I, I called it true stories because sometimes it's easy to believe that terrible things are true, and it's hard to believe that good things are true. And I think, uh, you know, hey, we need more good things in the world,
1: right? And that's uh, definitely right, and I think the fact is that you, given uh, given uh, where, where you were birthed, that, that is, with your mother, Judy Molina, star of the stage and screen, your father, uh, uh, Julian Beck, the Living Theater, which in many ways, when I think back in my own life, I got you beat about 10 years, I'll be 80 in a couple of weeks. The uh, couple of weeks, where when I began to first hear about the Living Theater, and with your dad and your mom, I was in Minneapolis, and I remember, and uh, that's, that's your father and your mom, let me say. And, uh, this was, and the living theater was about opening the door. It was about finding the connection between uh, the n- new activism, and in, in that case it was uh, when they wanted us to climb under tables, when they uh, wanted us to live in fear of nuclear war, and also the idea of the theater that would take down the fourth wall, that would open things up, and that's where you began, that's where, that was uh, where you were raised.
6: I was, a, I was a theater brat. I grew up clowning around backstage and climbing around the backstage. I played all the little kid roles in the theater. But I had no idea that in this brand new off-Broadway theater movement, who were the people in the audience? They were the writers. They were the poets. They were the artists. They were the sculptors. They were the dancers. All of them famous now. But back then, they were a group of scrabbly artists trying to say something about the world, something new about the world, something new about uh, uh, how the world could be. And the, the, their medium for this was the arts. And
1: um, In an fact, actor, the first chapter, just began as a, a big, the, there I see the, the, the fairly young Allen Ginsberg. There I see oh, Jack yeah. Kerouac there you see Gregory Corso, there i be those that later became, not so far later became, what we call the Beach Generation. And the fact that they're you
6: know, there- I, I played for these guys on the stage as a child actor. And we'd go back to, the, to my parents' apartment for the opening night parties. And these folks were clowning around. Kerouac put me on his, on, on his, his back and, cl- 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 and, and uh, what would you call it? Uh, went on all fours around the living room just having fun as could be. I had no idea this was some famous writer. To me, it was just a guy having a good time after the show. And I want to emphasize that, that these writers, these artists, these poets, they were John Cage and Merce Cunningham and uh, Helen Frankenthaler and all of these uh, fantastic characters, Diane DiPrima, they were not... Okay, they wore black and sunglasses and blue jeans and, and dark sandals. But inside, they were as colorful as the hippies that would show up 10 and 15 years later. And in fact, these guys were the seeds of that culture. And uh, in a way, um, I'm trying in the book to, to, to plot the arc from the beatnik Bohemian years into the hippie psychedelic counterculture and on beyond that into the modern environmental movements, the modern global culture movements, the modern movements— for uh, herbs, for healing, the modern movements, for a more decentralized, compassionate society. And I think that these things have their roots in those old crazy beatniks who put forth ideas in, uh, in Dharma Bums, who put forth ideas in their crazy collages, and they're throwing the paint across the room, who put forth ideas in their happenings and in their, uh, in their music of meditation, John Cage's work. And we're. I think that that group of artists is very well recognized. But what isn't recognized is the connection between them and a thousand movements around the world today that are trying to save the water, save the atmosphere, save the beaches, save the dolphins, save the whales, save the butterflies, and God help us, Dave, save the people.
1: And this beautiful book of yours is laying that out from this William Carlos Williams play, which is the first chapter where people are gathered for opening a night, and these characters were here, and in which the living theater was kind of a magnet. And this was the iron filings, if I may come up with a metaphor, bringing the people together, not knowing that the word and in in a role you have and the role the book has is to go from there. In fact, the sub- subtitle of the book is Tales from the Generation of a New World Culture. And I think you just laid out well how this middle world culture kind of unbeknownst to us. Coming out of the more orthodox left, coming out of the activists, coming out of what your mom and dad were doing, that this new world culture would emerge and would emerge, and you were there at all of this, and finally get to the not finally, but about in the middle, I'm talking about 1972, the Rainbow Gathering, and we'll talk about how that happened, where thousands of people were gathered, gathered, people went around the country. i pretty sure about the gathering. I want to go back to the early days, when, uh, when uh, Barry, Barry Plunker, a partner of yours, when, when, when you folks, uh, different, uh, different, uh, different, uh, different small groups were going around the country, uh, uh, visiting various bohemian hippie enclaves, letting, them, uh, let, uh, letting us know, letting let the people know the idea of a gathering. And a good share well, of your book days, is how you emerge from one led to emerge to the, the other. Mouth. Go ahead, brother.
6: In those days, social media was word of mouth. And we were, as a, as, a, as a culture across the board, in Maine and San Diego, Vermont, Northern California, uh, hippie communes in Wisconsin and Iowa, we were looking for something that could take all these different threads, the environmental ideas, the yoga and breathing and health ideas, the psychedelic ideas, the, uh, the uh, cannabis ideas the um, organic food ideas, the home birthing ideas. I mean, the list goes on and on. How could we take all of these individual threads and weave a fabric so we could see the whole picture of what we were becoming? And a, a lot of us were looking for this kind of answer. And we had some clues in the festivals. And we had some clues in meditation in nature. And we had some clues in forming communities of friends that weren't just nuclear families. And this idea of a gathering, with these ideas of home birthing, good healthy foods, human cooperation, uh, caring for each other and the earth, that these ideas outside of the money system, because remember these rainbow gatherings that became non-commercial, that divorced us from the corporate bankster state immediately. They had no interest in us because there was no way to make a dime on our coming together, our gathering. And so we began to gather, and what we found—this is so important, Dave—what we found was we would go and talk on the social media of the day, which was person to person, traveling around the country, talking about this first gathering in 1972— and people would say to us, I've seen that in my own mind's eye. I know what you're talking about. And they would add some aspect that they had seen or that they had thought about or they had dreamt of. Now, most people, when we told them about this vision of the gathering, would say to us, oh, yeah, who's sponsoring it? Oh, if it's not Sony or Warner Brothers, if there aren't going to be booths selling stuff, if there isn't going to be an admission and there there isn't going to be paid staff, Uh, you're just out of your mind. But every so often somebody would say, I have seen this as well. I have seen this myself. And I have to say, Dave, that is one of the themes of the book, True Stories, shared vision. That it wasn't one person who thought up organic foods, or one person who said, let's start home birthing, or one person who said any of the other things that that are common today in the counterculture. These things grew and rose universally, through so many people, independently. And I think it's very important, and that's why our movement of people, our movement around the world, towards a better world, a more environmental world, a more just world, doesn't have a president, doesn't have a board of directors, doesn't have a hierarchical structure. No, it is a bunch of spiritual, individual anarchists. And if you're not spiritual and you're just humanitarian, Great. But it's individual actions, individual bonding with each other that is uh, is so powerful. Because what do we have that's, that, that's going to be stronger than the corporate bankster state? And the answer is individuals banding together to form community.
1: One another. And, and your book, I, I, I'm recommending it to us very strongly again and again. I'm going to try to find a place... Maybe Adobe Bookstore here in San Francisco where people can find this book. Because I I want to say once again, I think the book is vitally important that you just happen to be you happen to be in a position, Garrick Beck, as you know, where you could weave this quilt, where you could bring these very help bring these various strands together. So this would occur. I remember myself. let me give you a personal account. I remember back in I guess it was early sixties, I was visiting now here's another another strand, I don't know if you mentioned it, but Bob Dylan, Dave Von Ronk, and the Fokies. And Dylan took me, Bob Dylan, I was staying with him, and he took me to the Living Theater, and Wavy Gravy, um, and I was, was doing a show there, it was after the Brig was playing. So we looked at Wavy Gravy through a, through a whole network of barbed wire, do you remember that? It was called the Brig. Yes. The Brig. And, uh, and uh, Wavy got up there and did his thing. I was, I was sitting there next to Bob Dylan. so we have another strand, Bob Dylan and uh, Bob Dylan, Dave von Rock, and the Folkies. And we could talk on for all day all day long about all these various strands. And uh, well, well, Hold on, hold on. Well, let me finish my sentence. These different strands that emerged, whether it came out of the blues, whether it came out of activist politics, whether it came out of who we are, when you get living theater, these various strands, and it was all about finding one another. Absolutely.
6: I mean, for me, Dave, Dave I could have stayed with the Living Theater. I could have you know, grown up and, and just worked with my parents' radical arts theater troupe. But just like any creative parent, they say to their kids, go forth and do your own thing. And I went forth and t- tried to do my own thing right. and tried to step a little out of their own shadow of, uh, of such uh, political, social activist artists. And I didn't really know where I was headed. But I took these steps literally into a kind of wilderness, ended up in a back-to-the-land community, worked on this uh, super creative peace festival outside of of, uh, Portland, Oregon, called Vortex. The story of vortex is in this book. If you're in the Pacific Northwest at the end of the 60s and early 70s, you know the Vortex Festival was the largest rock and roll festival that never got any press. And the reason it didn't get any press? is because it was non-commercial. The community pulled it off. And I think uh, that story uh, also needs to be told. All these different threads of where did we come from? Where did the modern environmental movement have its roots? Where did the Occupy movement have its roots? Where did uh, so many of these Liberation Mm -hmm. Springs movements have their roots? And the answer is in the generations before. And the, the story needs to be told so that we can see how connected, how totally, completely the common thread of humanity runs through us.
1: Well and then, we hey, Bar- hey, together. Garrick, as Go you know, ahead. I don't know, the name of the show, we're talking together and it's no accident, being heard around the planet, on the, around the internet, no accident, social media, I mean, This uh, the, we'd be talking together on a show that I call the Common Thread Collective. It's about casting that wide net. Finding that common thread. Letting life flourish and saying what we're going on is don't panic, keep it organic. And I think what we're talking about, I think this is an important conversation, Garrick. It is being recorded. It will be pod- It is on the podcast. We'll be able to put it around and let people hear it because that's what we're about. And I th- I'm thinking of a couple of things just to take over on the next jump because this conversation cannot by itself be lineal. It's got a non-lineal, that's my excuse, non-lineal conversation. And a couple of times... Yeah, you People mentioned. But you hold on, Garrick. I'll give it right to you. That you, that you mentioned a couple of times. Our our brother, our brother in the struggle, that that Montanan fellow named Barry uh, Barry Barry Plunker, Barry. And you allude to him a couple of times. In fact, you have his picture in your book. And how here he is, this wild guy from Montana, who had been in Vietnam, yeah. and you are this New York, and you are the New York Jew and uh, Jewish guys just, uh, and how it is that we begin to weave these, uh, these different tapestries together. Hate Ashbury in 1967, 50 years ago, and how it's woven all over together. So I'm, at the moment, I'm speaking about you and Barry.
6: Well, Barry is a heroic character in his own right. And right. in the book, in the book, Two Stories, I try very hard to tell a few stories about famous people, because that's what the public wants. So you see Ken Kesey, you see Dorothy Day, you see Tim Leary, you see Jimi Hendrix, you see all these characters emerge in the book. But just as important, you see people that you've never heard of who, standing with their feet on the ground, in front of their friends and with the public, did something or said something heroic that helped change a little bit of the course of our cultural evolution. Barry's one of those characters. He and I, on the outside, are in some ways so different. He's a wild cowboy kid from Montana, and I was an intellectual kid from New York. And we were looking for something. And when we hooked up, we were able to put this together. And I tell you this, the truth is, he had parts of this vision that I had not seen at all. And I think I had some parts of this vision that he had not seen. Because the truth is, right. we are like pictures of a vast puzzle. We are like pieces of a vast puzzle. We are each a piece of the picture. We put the whole thing together. We put all the common threads together. Instead of just having a single thread, we have a tapestry. And that is not just a psychedelic vision. That is a hope for the future. That is the idea that people working together can make something that's beautiful, that lasts, that has meaning. And like a tapestry, you can cover yourself and keep warm with it. Dave, I tell you, if the corporate bankster state fed every kid on Earth, gave clean water to everybody, gave opportunity to every person on Earth, I would march to the corporate bankster's drumbeat. But the fact is, for all their power, for all their vast wealth and control of resources, they cannot put a glass of water in the hand of every kid on Earth today or tomorrow. And the reason has nothing to do with technology or economics. has to do with dumb greed, stupid greed. You know, I think about stuff like this. I think about the corporations that want to clear cut. I think about the corporations that want to fish all the fish out of the sea. I think about the companies that want to uh, uh, GMO all the foods. I think about all these things, and I realize, They are in it because it's more profitable to do that. But it's only more profitable in the short run. If you're really thinking about the long run of our human family, it's a disaster. And we have to find ways uh, to create a new culture in the shell of the old. You know, I'm I'm not for burn the banks down. I'm not for any kind of violent action. I think ultimately... It's the peaceful resistance, it's the peaceful action, it's the peaceful cooperation that is going to save us from, from who? From ourselves, from the other humans, from the rest of our human family. How are we going to win them over? How are we going to teach them? How are we going to, I say, we got to look to the kids. we got to look to the kids and we've got to show, like events, like the Rainbow Gathering, like the Burning Man, like the drum fests, like the multicultural uh, fests that happen all around the world, the kids from the different tribes and clans have to come together, and you don't sit in the gathering and have a conference about how to make peace. No! You teach each other your recipes, your songs, your mythologies, the children play together and learn each other's games. Look, a couple of years ago, there was a rainbow gathering in Tajikistan. It wasn't huge, just a few thousand people. Who was there, day? People from Russia, people from Donetsk, people from Ukraine, people from Uzbekistan, people from Yemen, people from Israel, people from, from Hungary and Poland and Amsterdam. And all these people, they're not sitting around having a, a lesson on a blackboard or a whiteboard or a TED Talk about, about how to make peace in the world. No. They're playing each other's songs. They're learning each other's recipes. They're learning each other's dances. It's the arts, and we share these arts. And I include recipes in the arts because we love to eat. And if people share these things, we get a common bond. We realize we're all part of the common thread. And that's how we learn to make peace. I really believe this, and I believe there's a lot of hope because I think there's a lot of young people all around the world who are fed up with the corporate bankster state and what a mess it's making of everything. And what's the solution? The solution isn't a violent uprising. It's building community and recognizing, Dave, recognizing that we are one human family. And I'm trying to, uh, to promote the concept of the rainbow family of living light, the people of all the races, of all the tribes, of all the people on Earth, that we are the future. And just seeing it, just feeling it is the first step. Beyond that, you know, you work in your neighborhood with your neighbor, you work at your school with your kids and the teachers, and you try to build one inch at a time the uh, the long road uh, ahead. I hope this is making some sense.
5: I'm very
0: positive. Yeah, absolutely, Garrick. And I wanted to jump in because, you know, you're talking about The rainbow gatherings, and I've actually never been to a rainbow gathering, but I've been to lots of festivals and you're talking about sharing in the arts and sharing in the recipes, right? And when you think about sharing recipes, I think about family and inheriting family recipes. And I think what we're looking at here is what you're talking about is we're talking about building our own Families, in a sense, that are are ex- outside, like you were referencing the the nuclear family, um, making these connections. And as Diamond Dave likes to say, it's uh, strangers becoming friends, friends becoming family, family becoming community, and community on the move. That's the movement. And uh, you know, I, I think that if folks don't necessarily have that experience of going to festivals and and connecting with people that they've never interacted with before from, you know, different places, different kind of cultures and countercultures that um, they don't know that it's happening. So I think it's really amazing that you wrote this book, uh, True Stories. And um, can you tell people how, where they can find it?
6: You, you can find True Stories at any of the major online booksellers, including my publisher, which is I Universe, just the letter I and Universe. And uh, if you go there to the bookshop, that's one way to do it. And I don't necessarily want to plug all the other giant uh distributors online, but uh, it's available right now in hardback and paperback and in uh, download for Kindle or uh, Nook. And I'd really like, uh, before before winter holidays, to be able to come to the Bay Area and do a kind of slideshow and reading and book opening uh, celebration in the Bay Area. And I'm working right now on a couple of different places where I might be able to do that. And maybe I can call in in a couple of weeks with a date and we can get together because I'd, I'd, I'd love to do a little uh, a little event where people could come. I could sign books to people from all the different movements because also, Valerie, uh, the fact is it's not just these events, these immersive events, the Burning Mans and the Renaissance Fairs and the Gatherings and the Bluegrass Festivals and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. It's not just the events. There's lots of other ways that people can hook into and be uh, be woven into, or knit into, or crocheted into this common thread fabric. There are things like community gardens. There are things like home birthing centers. Yeah. There are things like uh, some of the cannabis clubs that are clearly outside of the corporate bankster state. And there are so many ways that we can uh, help ourselves evolve. And I think the gatherings. I, I tell the story in the book about the gatherings because I was I was intimately a part of it from the beginning. But there are so many other parts, and I don't really want to pretend that this book tells the only arc of the story. The book crosses the feminist uh, activism uh, and, uh, and women's rights movements. The book crosses the, uh, the movements for organic forestry. The book crosses the movements for um, uh, civil rights. The book crosses the movements for mental patients' rights, but I can't necessarily write whole books about each one of those. Those Those have got a lot of notice, never enough notice, but my point is all these things together form a bigger fabric. And I think we need to see that, and we need to see that we're strong, and we are many, we are not giving up we are dedicated, we are not giving out, we know what the enemy is. The enemy isn't any one person. The enemy is a uh, classic examples of, a, of, of, of greed and of ignorance, and we need education, and we need uh, working together for the common good, and that these things are actually within our grasp. Now, I, 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 I I've asked sometimes because I'm in my late 60s right now. Oh my goodness, I'm reliving the 60s and I love it. Well, I'm in my late 60s right now, and and uh, people said to me, "Why didn't you write this book 20 years ago?" And the answer is, I've just been busy creating new material. You know, uh, I, I, I've been I've been meeting the people from the organic forestry movements, from the from uh, uh the Occupy movements, from one after another, different events from the off-Broadway theater events that are now happening around the world, with this interactive theater instead of just sit here and watch the play. And I think that we're entering a whole new territory ahead of us of a cultural understanding. Of uh, of um, you know, certainly the uh, the gay rights movement has made a vast difference, and the marijuana war is almost won. It won't be won until every nonviolent pot prisoner is out of jail. But at least we're winning some of the battles uh, of, uh, uh, of cultural evolution.
1: And all of that, all of that uh, you happen to be at the right place at the right time. The book is two stories, tales from the generation of a new world culture. And you and I, Garrick, uh, I'll be 18 uh, November 12th. So I got you beat by a decade or so. So we start, we do, we see it happen, we see it emerge, we want to see it continue to emerge. I think about the diggers, I think about the diggers in that row, that and the tapestry of life that we've both been part of. So I want to say that before I forget, hey, Garrick, I want you to keep in touch. My B-Day party, this is a good time to let people know is going to be November 11th at Adobe Bookstore on 24th Street, right here in the Mission. Um, I, 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 count me in Garrick I'm going to try to get some copies of your book there so people don't have to go to Amazon don't have to go to the corporate they can come to Adobe Bookstore and get a copy I'd like to today in fact you have a picture of this dude in the first chapter of your book I'm talking about Gregory Corso is that right that's right
6: there's Gregory's there Jack's there Alan's there these uh you know these guys are like a, uh uh Uh, fountain of ideas and challenged everything and it turned out they were pretty darn right about most things and I think um, uh, it's taken uh, 50 years now for uh, the rest of the culture to understand that these are the poets of of that generation and the prophets of that generation and uh, you know the words of the prophets were written on the restroom walls and then in books and then in small coffee shops, and then it spread and it spread and it spread. The two nodes, San Francisco uh, and New York City, like lightning bolts bouncing back and forth between these two experimental zones. And a culture grew out of that that is now so far out of the box, off the hook, on the loose, growing and developing. And I tell some of the stories. I tell the story of the very first hippie in this book. I'm telling you, read this book. And some of it will make you laugh. Some of it is sad and may make you cry. But I've tried to keep the, uh, the storyteller's attitude about it so that I'm not writing a scholarly history as much as I'm just telling you first-person stories. Look it right in the eye. And i got to say, um, just to confess here, in the book, uh, running through the 1960s, I'm fairly modest about my discussion of sex. There's so much discussion of sex out there. Yes, I talk about it, but I talk about it very modestly. There's lots of other books that go into that in all the detail of the 60s uh, free love uh, experiments. So I don't go into that in such detail. On the other hand, Dave, i got to warn you. Valerie, i got to warn you. I go into uh, psychedelic drug use and stories about that in a lot of detail and try to... to uh, tell stories about some of the different trips that uh, I think would ring a common bell in a lot of people's heads, and that people who have poo-pooed the 60s and called it, all those bunch of hippies and all that stuff, really missed the point about some of the serious, profound, philosophical, psychedelic, visionary ideas that were given to us through some of the things like the peyote, like the mushrooms... like the uh, lysergic acids, like the ecstasies, like these different kinds of things that are still today so completely feloniously taboo. Now you're allowed to talk about gay rights. Oh, it's out of the closet. But there's so little been communicated about, for lack of a better word, what I want to call the glory of psychedelics. And I think that, that a lot of young people need to see this in print and need to know that there are others who did not think these things were uh, just uh, watching some hallucinations on the wall, but that these things were profound, life-changing experiences that had meaning and gave us access to parts of our evolving minds that are very tough to access. Uh, Yes, meditation. Yes, chanting. Yes, breathing. Yes, spiritual study. But these psychedelic compounds gave a generation access visions, and experiences that has not been written about very much.
1: Well, let's see what we're going to get. Hey, Garrick.
6: on a limb, and I wrote about it a lot.
1: Garrick Beck. Garrick Beck, I don't know. I, mean, I, I forgot what you're warning me about, but I was definitely there and still there now and going on this trail that we call life. I had a couple that wanted. I, I had Originally, back then, I mentioned Gregory Corso, because Gregory Corso was the one who said, it's kind of the unknown Day. Gregory Corso was the first one to say, today is the first day of the rest of your life. And here we are, Garrick Beck. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. And I want go on, uh, but say, so I want you to stay in touch. We'll put together something at Adobe Bookstore, where we can have a, we'll talk about a book tour. That I uh, with it, be, Before I even talk to you, I realize that that's the next step as far as weaving this tapestry, as far as bringing all these strands together. I want to talk to you how, that, uh, how, how to do it, how to do more together than either of us can do on our own, how to do, doing more together than any of us can do on our own. And t- today is indeed the, the first day of the rest of our life. Do you hear that? I and I wanted, before I you get uh, hop in again, well, so we're talking about your book. It's, talk, it's called True Stories. The uh, subtitle is T- Tales from a Generation of a New World Culture, and it's a beautiful book. The cover is ah, of a gosh, rainbow the the balloon, hot air balloon, ho, oh, hot air balloon, over a teepee circle from the Rainbow Gathering. And I want to see your chapter right in the middle of the book, which is how—which is, uh, is how— That first gathering in 1972, how how, how it was to you to be running around to realize that something happened. People were coming from everywhere. They thought they could stop it. Could they stop it? No. And how historical that was to see people, it was was an idea whose time is both right and ripe. And it was happening and nothing could stop it. And in that movie, let me use this minute I have before you pop back in. So if people want to see a good film, that includes a lot of footage, from that first gathering in 72. In fact, I think uh, the photographers mentioned in your book. Uh, the, the, the name of the film you can get it online on YouTube is <laughs> We Love You, and you see a footage of the people coming together in 72, including the white buffalo and snow. And I definitely am recommending. I recommend that people get this book. Two stories, but how about you, Universe? Get this book. Read the book; it's a great read, and also take a look at the film because the images are there. Am I right so far, Garrick? The We Love
6: You, the We Love You movie has has great footage from the first Rainbow Gathering, and I think there's a lot of mythology out here about who we are and where we come from. And I think it's important that that we understand ourselves and our roots because if we understand our roots, we can realize things like we want to do things that are beautiful. We want to do things that are kind. We want to do things that are provident for others. And it's not impossible to do these things. But how do we learn to do it? How do we teach each other? In the early days of the gathering, I saw the gatherings as a spiritual event. We were going up to the mountains in 1972, and we were going to pray for peace. And as we did this for decades, we did this for a decade. And then the government began to take notice of it. They thought in the beginning we were just going to make a mess and hang ourselves and fight with each other and uh, and just uh, just be like, uh, like, like thugs. But then they saw we were building a larger community and it was spreading to other parts of the world. So the government began to institute rules and regulations to prevent gatherings of this sort. And we won a whole series of court cases and a bunch of actions in the field, which are just as important as the court cases. And these gatherings have kept going, but when the government was attacking us, blockading us, trying to close us off, barbed wire us out, use the court system, or police force to keep us from gathering, I began to see the gatherings as more and more of a political expression of the rights of public assembly, and to see how in that is vested one of the great strengths of freedom. And as the gatherings have gone on in the next decades, I've seen them more and more as educational experiences, here come some some uh, I, I, kids or oldsters from the cities of America or wherever else, and they come out into this wonderland of the national forest and the public lands and the public domain, and they experience a community that is not based on money, is not based on power, it's not based on position, based on action, kindness, sharing, caring for each other. And that's a mind-boggling experience. And when you, when you come into something like that and you learn that it is possible to feed people and uh, clothe people and give people medical care and all these other things without having a money system uh, to be the only grease for the wheels, then you see that it is possible for humans to evolve to a different kind of, of world culture than this nation-state division that's, that's, that's destroying us.
1: And it's worldwide now too. Our sister Feather, just came from a European tour. Our brothers and sisters have everywhere uh, finding one another. finding that common thread. and this is going to continue every year Garrick, whatever we do, I, we, you and I see each other at least, however, briefly at the gathering. You've had well, your lemonade stand. What a great idea. years
6: old now. They happen, in, they happen in about 50 or 60 different countries. And they even happen in some of the most oppressive countries. There have been gatherings in the People's Republic of China. There have been gatherings in countries that are so oppressive that I don't even want to name the countries, even though the people are all in touch with each other on encrypted social media. I don't want to put their names out on the radio because I don't want to draw attention to them in some of the most oppressive places on the earth. People are gathering. People are holding hands in a circle. People are learning. And I take this from the very first um, uh, notifications about the very first gathering. I'm going to quote Barry Adams here, learning the true truth that humanity is not so fouled up.
1: And the finding that That's comes read.
6: Just like today is the first day of the rest of your life, is Gregory Corso's line, Barry said, these gatherings show us the true truth that humanity is not so fouled up.
1: And the, the image there in the Sinai and they have Israeli, Palestinian Israeli people together in a circle, hand in hand in a circle. That's the, that's the way it's got to go, Israel. I lived for two years. Back in the day, on a kibbutz, did you know that? Well, yes. On a kibbutz, Beit Hashita. No
6: Long we before are. the
1: Six-Day War, I was there. They call,
6: us, they call us the flakiest people of society. They call the extreme progressive counterculture hippies and no accounts or earthies like like the kids today or Occupy groups. and, and, And the big media wants to make very little of us as though we didn't count for anything. But the fact is, Valerie, the fact is, Dave, that we fringe of society characters can, in fact, beat each other take care of each other, and most of all, get along with each other. We've got Palestinians and Israelis holding hands in a circle. If we can do it, why can't everybody else?
1: Hey, uh, Greg, this is a to-be-continued. You mentioned that next next year, which is soon to be this year's gathering, is going to let people know because we're we're going to be speaking of it as we get closer and closer. We uh, okay, have through to enjoy over the it's fourth it's of July. This year, 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 gathering is going to be in the Appalachians, in the Appalachians. So I hope to, to see you there. We'll be talking about it every as we get closer. The Rainbow Family is my uh, it's one of my extended families, as it is yours. If we're still on the planet, Garrick, we'll be seeing each other in the Appalachians in Georgia. We haven't seen before in the is that the, called the Katua?
6: Yes, they, they called it, uh, what, is, what name did our council call this? They called it the uh, uh, Atlantic Appalachia. And I think they included um, uh, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia. So it's going to be in one of those four states. And if you look on the map, they're contiguous, and the mountains run through them. I know our scouts will find it's a good place, but I tell listeners, don't worry about where the place is. What you need to do if you want to go is make the time available for the first week of July. And then if your time is free and you're ready to come and camp in the woods with us, come to the gathering and you will have a remarkable community experience. I promise you that. There's nobody there paid to take out the garbage. We do it. There's nobody there paid to bake the bread. We do it. There's nobody there paid to park the cars. We do it. There's nobody there paid to do anything. We do it for the love of each other, for the community. And I tell you, uh, this teaches us, this educates us about what is possible.
1: Okay, Garrick Beck. To be continued, before there's a Tennessee, before there's a Georgia, before there's a South Carolina, there there is and still is the Appalachians, the, the oldest mountain range. And then where we're gonna be next year, we're gonna be in the Appalachians. We're gonna be in the Appalachians in what they call the Katua Bioregion. And and Garrick, for some weeks and some years now, you you came up with an idea which is a good one where you set up the main circle on the fourth, in other words to a lemonade stand. And we come and share lemonade and share these things. So Garrick, I hope I'll see you before then. Uh, I hope to uh, see you before then. We're going to set up. Uh, we're going to set up some readings and exhibitions here in San Francisco, where it all began. We've come full circle. We're heard around the planet. This has been Mutiny Radio, the Common Thread Collective. And hey, Garrick, what are we doing? Finding that common thread, and the book is. Take it away, Val.
0: The book is True Stories by Garrick. Beck. And so, True Stories, Tales from the Generation of a New World Culture. You can find it online if you go to the publisher iUniverse.com. That's the letter I. And also, you can search around as well. There's an ebook for- format as well. We look forward to a continued conversation with Garrick Beck, either on the phone, uh, again, on Mutiny FM here in San Francisco on a Friday for the Common Thread Collective, three to six every Friday here in the Mission District, or... In person, when he comes through town, maybe we'll come on down. And uh, as Dave was recommending, Adobe Bookstore, also Alley Cat Books, has a great gallery space in the back where they have events as well. So um, thank you, Garrick Beck, for giving us a call in this day. And I'm going to play a little music for us. And uh, thanks everybody for tuning into the show.
1: Hey, I love your brother. Keep up the good work. Things that
8: come and go. Brother Man would tell his tale, sit back in the fire's glow Brother Man come down and see me, come down that road Brother Man come down and find me, and this is what he told, he said If you think you love that girl, then you better treat her right If you're gonna be with her, then you better go tonight you better go tonight. Brother Man, he came down and showed me where I belong. Brother Man, his words released me, freed me with his song. I know Brother Man came down to see me Came down that road Brother Man came down to teach me Everything he knowed. Brother Man had a story One for every day Brother Man had tales of glory This is what he'd say if you really love that girl, then you better let her know well, Ain't no use in loving if nobody ain't been told Brother Man came down to show me right where I belong Brother Man, his words released me, freed
5: me with his soul
8: Hey. I don't want no letters telling me why save the postage baby just say goodbye oh but do you really care if I'm here or if I- Now that you're done you're thinking what's it gonna be keep on walking or stay with me the time is passing yes the, the time has come do what you must do just let it be done Heroes Thank yeah.
0: That was a little music from Mike Rufo Music. Uh, you can check it out on MikeRufoMusic.com. That's Rufo with one F. But I'm going to play a little little music here from a crew called Chakra. It's just a little, a, a little teaser for you because they uh, played, right, at the Gathering of the Tribes Festival last weekend at Public Works. And then we're going to talk with Dennis Gonzalez from POW Magazine who put together that show. So here's a little music and then we'll be right back. Well, that was a shorter teaser than I thought, but uh, good to be here. You're listening to the Common Thread Collective on MutinyRadio.fm here in San Francisco's Mission District. I'm Global Val. I'm here with Diamond Dave and our next guest for today, Dennis Gonzalez from Powell Magazine. Welcome. Good afternoon.
9: There we go. got me there?
0: There There we we go. go.
9: All right. Good afternoon. It's nice to see you again.
0: Yeah. Welcome to the show. Um, So let's talk about POW Magazine and the Gathering of the Tribes show
9: that you threw last weekend. Well, let's do a little quick uh, summary about POW Magazine. I started POW Magazine a very, very long time ago in a fanzine. And then I quit the music business and then uh, went to the web direction. And then I uh, got invited to another station here in the Bay Area. You probably know about it. KFJC in Los Altos Hills. They invited me to do uh, a couple hours of of the show dedicated to Pau Magazine that I used to cover. And I had a, an enormous amount of library tape recordings and interviews and bands and stuff. Indie, alternative rock, psychedelic, and all that. That became pretty well-known, successful, and I decided to start restart Pau Magazine as a social media um journalistic uh, video journalistic uh, approach. So now since 7 years ago, since that first um relaunch, uh, this is what I've been doing around the world. Now the gathering of the tribe, that's a completely different monster. Um mm-hmm. that kind of uh, hatched out in a roots effort in the music scene uh because everyone was doing their own thing. You know, they're doing their own little festivals, their own shows. And my idea was, okay, why don't you guys just band together and do a gathering of of musicians and artists and just get it together as one festival? And uh, it was a lot of effort to convince people. And um, so I took up the effort to do that. And the first one was totally successful in 2015 at Public Works.
0: Right on. Yeah, it was a really cool show last weekend. I was able to come by for a couple hours. I saw, yeah. <laughs> I think I saw three different bands. There was the Lee Gallagher and the Hallelujahs. Great band. They
9: uh, were amazing. They're like the favorite band of San Francisco. <laughs>
0: they were amazing. And they, uh, with the Liquid Light shows that, that were set up as well. I forget who the, the, the outfit is that does that. Mad
9: li- Alchemy. Mad Alchemy. He brought that all back to San Francisco. And now he's doing it all over the world.
0: It's so cool. <laughs>
9: yeah. See, that's the thing about gathering the tribes, at least the first one and then the one that you and I, uh, the second one, mm-hmm. I think it's great to have all the artists, all the musicians, you know, everyone together just to have one big jamboree Yeah. and just have fun because all those artists, all those psychedelic liquid lights, digital psychedelic stuff is borrowed all over the West Coast and all over the world. But we never do anything for ourselves. <laughs> We're kind of borrowed everywhere to other festivals, other cities, other countries. So that's why we have this gathering.
0: That's really cool because I think bands when they play somewhere individually, they'd love to have something like that. Like those liquid light shows on the on the wall projected behind them. And I always think like the poor drummers, they get it like right in their faces, you know. <laughs> but um it it was it, it had the kind of continuity of the feel of the of the event through the different bands and they all got to have that, you know.
9: So oh, that, absolutely. And it's, it's very rare to have all the visual artists under one house, under one roof because they're busy doing other things, little shows, festivals and it's just the only time they can just converge under one roof and then share their art with the bands and the artists there. And it's like our homecoming. They're coming back from other festivals. They're coming back from other shows. And we're all meeting each other and all hanging out and just having one big party and one fun time.
0: Yeah, it's nice to see the, you know, like a band who'll perform and then they go downstairs and they're actually enjoying the next band. You know, it's not just shuffle in, shuffle out kind of thing that it seems uh, might get a little tiresome in the music world. For me, it is. (laughs) I'm running a
9: festival for 12 hours nonstop.
0: (laughs) Yeah, let's make that point. It was a 12 hour festival uh, (laughs) at Public Works over here on... What is it? It's off of Mission. Right? Erie Street. Erie Street is yeah. in the Great Lake. Like Erie. Erie. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. That's a cool spot. I hadn't been there in a long time, and it was good to to go there because you have the the different levels and you can really have two different parties going on at the same time but it seemed like it was uh, scheduled well enough that the bands were kind of staggered so you could go and enjoy
9: Mm
0: -hmm. um, with not not a lot of overlap so
9: and then you can take a little rest out in the pat the makeshift patio that they put together on erie street uh, with the food truck and yeah, it was kind of nice to escape a little bit, and again, can get back into the venue and and dive into the music, whatever is playing on stage.
0: Yeah. So, um, how did you draw these these bands to to be part of this? Are these bands that you've been uh, personally familiar with, or is it uh, was it like you said, kind of a community effort and and uh, different folks making different suggestions or how, how did you get
9: all these cr- this crew? And this is a really cool story. At the very first one, uh, three years ago, when I started to hatch the idea to uh, the musicians and artists and and other people in the music scene, uh, I told them, you know, we can do it this way. We can make it successful if we surprise everybody. Just, hey, by the way, we're going to have a 12-hour festival with the best of the local music scene here in San Francisco and in East Bay. Instead of just getting giving the word out and telling everybody about it, we thought we'd surprise everybody. So we kept it a huge secret for a couple months while, we worked, while I worked out the logistics with Public Works. And what we were doing is something that hasn't been done ever, as far as I know. Um, local acts only, not national acts, no headliners, nothing. And the only way it's going to make it work is to have every single band involved, intimately involved in promotions and the logistics behind it and putting a festival a twelve hour festival together, you know, stage backlining and all that. And it worked. Yeah, after we knew everything was together, then we launched our press release and it surprised everybody across the Bay Area. It's like, what the heck is this? <laughs>
0: yeah, they've got these people and these guys and, and those. Yeah. And we
9: got the best visual artists in town. I mean it's just it was totally fun and successful. And then took a year off and doing the second one was a lot harder because we took a year off. We had nearly, we started all over again. And this time I'm not going to do that again. We're already planning ahead uh, for the next one.
0: Cool. So would we expect it around the same time of year?
9: No, I think we're going to have it early or mid summertime between other festivals. And uh, we want to get on top of this as soon as possible as after new year's is over and, Everybody's had their fun and get to work. Yeah, as it
0: does take a lot of work to throw a festival and get, get all those things
9: in place. So I'm I, still, I'm still tired. <laughs> <laughs> it's only been, what, four days, five days?
0: I hear you. I,
9: I know. I, I can relate. <laughs> yeah, but... Uh, the gathering of the tribes was inspired by the original one, the yeah, human being, the
0: human being, which we celebrated the 50th anniversary of this year. And back in January, the yes. the gathering of, of folks at the polo fields down in golden gate park, um, where, uh, you know, Timothy Leary uttered his famous tune in, turn on, drop, drop out. And, uh, how Owsley had passed out acid around. I think Diamond Dave got some that day. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, but the, the gathering of the tribes being all of these people from uh, kind of forming the counterculture who had been around, but not necessarily all together in one place before um, and uh, kind of kicking off.
9: Yeah. A, I've talked to a, a lot era. of the original musicians from that era of the summer of love. I've talked to big brother and the Holy company. i talked to, yeah a lot of people and they've and they know what I'm trying to do for the modern times for the modern young folks that want to gather together for one year and just have fun and celebrate art, music and love and that's exactly what the gathering our version of gathering tribes is about hopefully we're respecting our roots um, from 1967 66 uh, I think we are I, I think
1: we are transgenerational well this is the, this is part of the weave right now and you have Val, you have myself, and have a we. Now, we mentioned in the last uh, interview about the Rainbow Gathering, of which Garrick Beck was one of the founders, was there at the first one in 72. And every year, in some national forest, we gather. We learned along the way, very early, that uh, when they said, Where, which, Where's your permit? When we realized somebody, I don't know if it was Garrick or some of the others, Joni Freedom, but, wait a minute, permit, we have a permit. It's our First Amendment to the Constitution. The First Amendment gives us a right to speak freely, am I right?
9: Yeah. Absolutely.
1: A right to whatever spiritual path we're on, is that right? Yes. And to use use the word uh, to assemble, it says to assemble. We say gather, but they're the same thing, am I right? Yes. So I think any gathering of the tribes is an assembling, a gathering. Permit, we have a permit. And so I'd like to continue to tell you whatever role we can play, as the Common Thread Collective here on Mutiny Radio and help make it happen, we're for it. Now, it's for it because of my sobriety and Red Road, because of a number of other things like that. As a gathering is outside, a uh, gathering of the tribes, you say it's some, in some bar, I just don't know about that. I think we should cast a wide net. We should not limit ourselves, but find a place where we can have the Music is part of it. You mentioned Big Brother music, but there's also poetry. There's also what happens at the gathering, what happens is conversation called Where We Go From Here. So any gathering of the tribes that I speak of, I'd like to see all of that included.
9: Absolutely. Um, one thing that uh, I was really surprised by, the second gathering that I put together, all the artists in San Francisco, all these people just came together and say, hey, I want to participate. I want to come together and do painting, live paintings. I want to do just free flow painting or just, sell my art it's a commerce too people are, are living off their art they want to sell or trade their art their, and their music as well
1: so uh that's the
9: song in fact we're going to play
1: the song called the revolution starts now everybody brought what that, they had to bring that's that nobody went without
9: it's so funny that you say that because the next title the next gathering of the tribes will be the next uh the, the third revolution
1: Okay, I don't count them, but I think the revolution starts now. We're, 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 she's going to look at We're going to find it. The revolution starts now. Where you work and where you play, where you lay your money down. What you do and what you say, the revolution starts now. In your own neighborhood, in your own backyard. So what are you doing? Hey, folks, what are you doing just standing around? The revolution starts now. Last night I had a dream. The people gathered around. People brought what they had to bring. And nobody went without and we had a new song to sing, the third revolution, the revolution starts now. So, hey, Brother Gonzalez, I, the, the vision is one I certainly share. It's what Garrick Beck was talking about, and I uh, am calling from Santa Fe, and I think we can uh, do it. And hear the words. Oh, we're, we're, by the way, we've got multimedia here. And here are the words, which you've heard me say before if you listen to the show, these are what came to me just before I turned 79, soon to be 80. And hear the words. I'm looking at you, thing at the apple, and I'm saying this: learn to love, love to learn. This never ends. So, my brother this. go ahead, uh, keep sharing your vision. Thank you very much.
0: Yeah, and and yeah, we can keep uh, talking here. Speaking of our um, internet connections, it's not really working for me right now. So, uh, but we are still streaming around the planet on the internet. But for some reason, I can't use it that's all right uh we, we roll along as we do tell us about some of the bands who were there because i saw i think i saw lee gallagher in the Hollies. i saw um uh loco tranquilo
9: oh they were beautiful
0: they were beautiful they were that was a great set up in the upstairs place the i think they're playing or they, maybe they already did but they were going to be playing at the milk bar soon or something and they're doing a benefit for the fire v- uh, victims up north and and then maybe it was the Spiral Electric would yes. have been the last one that Another I saw.
9: Yes, well-known uh, good friends of mine. They played a second gathering of the tribes, and they did really well. They have a new lineup. Yeah, they're getting a little harder on the acid side. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, they, they were encouraged by the Liquid Light Show. <laughs>
9: <laughs> then you got the, the new guys in town, Chief. They killed it. They actually killed the festival with their acid hard rock sound. So when you say POW,
1: when you said POW magazine the third way you said it, that's exactly what I thought of. As in Hard Rock, POW! Punch the POW! So uh, so anyway, so we're talking about the next, you're here talking about what happened, who killed it, who didn't kill it, what we're on, and standing on the shoulders of those who came before, so we're talking
9: about the next uh, gathering of the tribes, am I right? Correct, that's the third revolution, I'm going to call it. Where's it going to be? It's going to be at Public Works or the Midway, which is a larger venue at the Dogpatch neighborhood. Okay, well, so that, well, there could be a variety of places.
1: Why have a gathering just one spot? And also, uh, well, that you're welcome here. This is each and every Friday, as I think you know. Yes. So some of these folks, some of these folks are welcome to come back in whatever uh, combination they want to come down in. From a single to four or five, we have all, all the mics are working out there. And so we can get some live sampling. How's that? That sounds like a great idea. So it's about doing more together uh, than we can do on our own. And so uh, and again, so that's uh, the Gathering of the Tribes, Third Revolution. And I mentioned the uh, the first Gathering of the Tribes, at least in my mind, was the Gathering of the Tribes in Golden Gate Park. In Golden Gate Park, uh, the 10th of uh, January, 1967. I was there. In fact, have you seen that video? I think we can find it. Where where I was there for the 50th anniversary, gathering the tribes, and uh, so you're uh, you've uh, you haven't invented something entirely new. You're standing on the shoulders and others in a way, and how we can weave it, weave it all together is what we're talking about.
9: That's what we want to do. We want Let's to respect our past and just keep doing it. Keep bringing everybody together under one roof or it's on the grass, whatever we're going to hold this festival in the future that are included under that designation we
1: the more it can happen uh, free and not to be so so, so hey we're going gonna to continue to talk did you have a day, a day you mentioned a couple of venues
9: a couple of bars do you, did, did you have a, a date in mind what kind of um, we're shooting for uh, July mid-July so we have a lot of work to, to do after, new year, after the new year together.
1: I'd like to see poetry included
9: oh absolutely I'd like to see all
1: the, and of course remember the rainbow gathering and I will suggest once again that you take a look at the video on YouTube about the gathering, our Wyoming gathering in 08 called We Love You. So you get an idea of how we all. and that's going to be the first week. So over the 4th of July. So we can say declare your independence. Acknowledge our interdependence. The third revolution. There have been so many. The third revolution. So uh, think about uh, how that could be included. It will be included for me. How it can be included, and how we how, uh, how we can uh, starting right now, do more together than any of us can do on our
9: own. I'm speechless. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay We're,
0: that's all right. we'll fill that in for you. We're used to talking on the on the radio a lot, but um I was gonna say. Yeah, for sure. One, you know, one of the ways is um, as you start to put the next show together, if you want to send some of the bands in here and want to play on our show, or even if they want to have a, you know, some some parties here, we do kind of special events on Saturday nights sometimes, uh, like an 8 to 10 event where it's a podcast and um, that can be, you know, roll out as a special podcast on Mutiny Radio. But we're, you know, we're open to having musicians come. As you can see, our setup here, you know, Acoustic is better than than uh, than electric, but we do we do plug in once in a while, and 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 folks kind of will... we have a little amp you could bring or that you can use, and and people bring their own things. Um, we have had full bands set up here before; it's kind of a wild scene for our space. But um, also, if bands want to come in for interviews, we can play their music from the internet and from CDs, or even if they're they're pressing vinyls, we we can do that too. Um, so. Yeah, we're, we're here as a depot. I know you were working with uh, Radio Valencia to do the, the cool live podcast of the show, which is awesome because that's something that we actually don't do at Mutiny Radio, but we're here as a community resource for getting the word out.
9: You know, it's so funny. Since Sunday, since that festival, I've been getting bombarded with emails from bands from all over the world, the UK, across the country, across the nation, and they're so happy to see the Gathering of the Tribes come back. Yeah. in a new way, in a new form, in a new message here in San Francisco. It's been needed here for quite a long time. I'm glad people get are getting it. They're understanding what's going on here.
1: Right on. Well, it emerges, has been emerging. So, hey, brother, glad you came in. And let's continue to, uh, what, what, what do I get on the same page, get out of the box, and push the envelope. Thank you very much, Duncan. And let's you... let
0: people know how they can access POW Magazine, which you're a part of, but also keep following and, and figure out, find out when that uh, Third Revolution gathering is coming up.
9: Yeah. Uh, okay. For POW Magazine, you can just visit our site, uh, powmagazine.org. Powmagazine, okay. And to find out more about the future of uh, the gathering of the tribes or even the pre-parties that follow up to it, even here in Radio Mutiny, you can follow, go to our official website, sf Uh, Greatsociety.org. Our organization is San Francisco Great Society. So that's sfgreatsociety.org. Right on. Well, we will post that on our
0: Facebook page after the show today, as our podcast uh, loads up after the show here on mutinyradio.fm. And uh, our Facebook page for this
1: show is the Common Thread Collective. What's up, Dave? I just think the word magazine, Yeah. power magazine. Mm Mm-hmm. But a magazine has several meanings. A magazine is also a place where bullets, guns, bombs are stored, isn't it? I believe believe you're right. So we're talking about a magazine in several different ways. uh, For the third revolution. We're going to drop some music bombs. Drop some bombs. Boom, boom, boom. But anyway. (laughs) uh, Make some fireworks. What I can say to this is to be continued. Yes. You're always welcome here. And uh, stay in touch. And I guess that's much.
0: All right. Well, thanks, Dennis Gonzalez, once again for coming in and for just throwing the last gathering of the tribes. It was a really cool event at Public Works SF right here in the Mission District where we are today. Uh, we're at the corner of 21st and Florida, 2781 21st Street, San Francisco's Mission District. And you're welcome to come down and join us for the Common Thread Collective any given Friday from 3 to 6. We've got microphones, and we've got all sorts of things, and uh, we've got community, we've got art on the walls, and the door, minds, and hearts are open. I'd love to play some more music from the show last week. I'm having a little technical difficulty, so I'm going to play some uh, some music from a different source because that's what we got to do
4: A war for gold, a war for money, and a war for souls. A war on terror, a war on drugs, a war on kindness, a war on hugs. A war on birds and a war on bees. They got a war on hippies, trying to save the trees. A war with jets and a war with missiles. A war with high-seated government officials. Wall Street war on high finance. A war on people who just love to dance. A war on music, a war on speech. A war on teachers and the things they teach. A war for the last 500 years. War's just messing up the atmosphere. A war on Muslims, a war on Jews. A war on Christians and Hindus. A whole lot of people saying, "Kill them all." They got a war on me I Jamal. The war on pop is a war that's fair, A war that's filling up the nation's jails. World War I, two, three, and Four. Chemical weapons, biological war. Bush War One and Bush War Two. They got a war for me. They got a war for you. Can't stop the wind. just
5: drops.
4: To the new day, round to the new day. Transforming hell and heaven, God through true. Grab hold of today. Yesterday is over. Tomorrow may be too late. Everything is one, but the one is on balance. Music made for the dollar like soul and talent. Really ain't it I'm about a feeling you was having as a child, running wild? Full of mind programming, setting threatening. Your establishment getting this feeling? the next man wrecking. They get to the masses, Get the and win well, Mr. President. What do you know? It's evidence setting in slow. How does it come? And the event is about to unfold. The devil can Start locking start blocking the glow, falling the sound, Here freedom, come knock at the door, they try locking it, though, but we about to explode, we got the firefly tiger eye apocalypse flow. so deep in the bottom of your bottomless zone, sin mind, dark find out without a pistol. redesign lost signs got out of the code, reorder to a world that is out of control, truth you say, I say, how do I know, we can't stop it when the beat just drops, we can't stop it when the rebel. Punk rock. I wanna rock with heads because I love hip hop, I wanna rock my beats all around the block, if I was in Baghdad then I would rock, I rock, I wanna rock with punks because I love punk rock, I wanna rock with heads because I love hip hop, I wanna rock my beats all around the block, there's just one love, so the planet will rock you yeah. up. New world days and new world nights, new world wrong and new world rights. With new world funds and the new world banks with the new world guns on the new world tanks. New world devils and new world gods, new world jails see the new world's Heart, New world names, sing new world songs. New world planes are the new the new world's dyer, the new world's crying, the new world's try New world's funds and new world orders, they're already smelling this new world water. New world beats for the new world to bag, new world streets for the new world to hang. New world president, new world drugs. new world resident, new world thugs. New world players for new world sports, new world trials for new world courts. New world lawyers and new world laws, new world prisons and new world bars. New world fight, the new world fist. New world line up, the new world split. New world smoke and the new world. We can't stop it when the beat just drops We can't stop it when the rebel rock We can't stop until we hit those highs
0: We don't stop here on the Common Thread Collective. It just keeps going on and on. Of course, I had to play a little Franti, little Michael Franti and Spearhead, um, some tracks from many years back, but they're still applicable today. So you're listening to the Common Thread Collective here at Mutiny Radio FM in the Mission District of San Francisco, 21st and Florida. Our minds hearts and doors and microphones are open to you so come on down and join us sometime and it's nice to make connections as we do that is what the common thread is all about so the connection here as we enter kind of a little poetry uh segment of the show is uh Roxanne Hernandez right
10: hi yes
0: welcome to the show it was really nice to meet you probably two or three months ago now at the Word Party, which is the poetry and jazz open mic every third Tuesday at Piano Fight. And uh, yeah, I liked your poems and uh, and your performance, and I'm glad you're able to finally make it down to the show.
10: Thanks for having me. I'm glad I'm here too.
0: And then Diamond Dave was just mentioning the other connection. You met Diamond Dave kind of independently as well.
10: One of my reporters for the Golden Gate Express wrote a profile on him for a school at SF
11: State. Uh,
10: yeah,
0: I kind of remember that too. Yeah. The so what what is the SF State newspaper called? The Golden Gate.
10: Golden Gate Express. The Golden Gate Express. Express spelled without the e.
0: Oh, okay, I got it with just X. For us nice and you're <laughs> are, are, uh, do i understand it right you're one of the editors for for the newspaper out there
10: yes i'm a lifestyle and culture editor
0: cool so nice. how long have you been doing
10: that um this is my first semester but last semester i was a reporter for lifestyle and culture
0: nice um how so how how, how much do you work on that outside of your studies
10: oh too much <laughs> all the time 24 7 yeah it's a lot of work
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah the creative projects get a hold of you and it's like I'll do that mm-hmm. right um, well I'm glad you're here today on the common thread to read some of your poetry so thank you for the, having the mic me. is yours
10: okay um this one is called young and it's about a lot of anxieties about being my age So you're telling me, at age 21, I have to have my life figured out. I need to have no doubt. I need to stand out from the rest of humanity, but I need to fit in with the rest of society. You're telling me I need to know what I want to be when I don't even know what I want to eat. (laughs) You're telling me I need to know what I want to be in order for people to see that I'm not a hindrance, to acknowledge my existence. You're telling me I do not have a voice, or even a choice to drown out this noise. What I'm becoming is simply succumbing to the thoughts of others and opinions, just like a minion, but I'm one in a million. I am not made to fit in a box, a tiny cubicle, a cell for rocks. I am not made to fit in the norm, a tiny human built to conform. I am verbal and I am loud. I am versatile and I am proud. I can shake the ground you move on, so go ahead and get a move on. Thanks.
0: You know, it's been a couple months since the word party. And now that you're here reading your poetry, I remember what I loved about it, (laughs) which is (laughs) that it's like just you're it's you have a powerful voice. Yeah.
10: Thank you. Yeah. Right on. I really enjoy performing poetry and writing it and like the entire process of it. It's very therapeutic.
0: How long have you been writing poetry?
10: Um... I remember like I first like started was like in first grade or something, we started writing like haikus, but I really got inspired in like middle school. so yeah, one of my teachers said I was good, so I was like, oh, I might be good
0: <laughs> yeah, you gotta love teachers like that in those moments that that you remember because of it. and all right, I know Jack over here who's gonna read some poetry in a few minutes uh is was a teacher right? Were you a teacher?
7: Well, I like- yeah, I, I tutored.
0: <laughs> you tutored, right? Yeah. That's so that's teaching. That's teaching. Yeah, and then you say things to people. And as a teacher, I'm a, I'm a teacher too, and I teach um I teach English as a second language. But you know, students will say will come up to me, you know, weeks later, and they're like, "Remember that what you said and what you told us?" And I said, <laughs> "Tell me more." You know, <laughs> but you know, teachers are powerful influences. So I'm glad you had it. a good teacher who recognized that in you.
10: Me too.
0: <laughs> I know you have some more poems for us, probably, right?
10: Um, I have one more that I'm willing to share. <laughs> okay. Poems. Poems. <laughs> I just need a second to find it. <laughs>
0: no problem. No rush. We're very a very flexible really format here.
10: Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Don't
11: you ever make a mistake?
10: Yeah. Look, it. There's one right there. Well, I was,
11: I was <laughs> your teacher the first thing I would say? was, That's really good handwriting. <laughs> <laughs>
10: Thanks. I didn't write like this when I was in middle school, though. <laughs>
0: It evolves. We'll
10: keep that to ourselves. Um, This one is my favorite poem, actually. It was the first one that I decided to share, like, spoken word-wise, about a year ago. And um, I think it's called education. Oh, it's called value. That's what it's called. Um, Why is education viewed as a necessity but priced as a luxury? Mm. That don't make sense to me. You see me here struggling, trying to get my degree while you out on a shopping spree, spending money so casually, getting that diploma handed to you because your daddy paved the way for you. Yeah, he already made a name for you. So tell me if it's fair that you're out there with money to spare, with money to share, but you don't care. It's greed, it's green, that paper you see. It's nothing to me, but everything we are working for, are searching for, are slaving for. Don't open your door, cause I'll be right there, teaching the poor cause they're hungry for more. Why is it? That I worked so hard, just to get an inch far And you were born with a nice car That I walk around with these scars And you daydream amongst the stars It's greed, it's green, that paper you see It's nothing to me, but everything we are working for Are searching for, are slaving for We all want more, have you heard that before? Mm-hmm. Why am I out here busting my ass and going to class But viewed as trash, just no sit on no stash Got no money to pass, but she'll put you on blast You think you're better than me because you're richer than me? You think you're higher than me, but you ain't as tired as me. You didn't work for it, get down on your knees and hurt for it? Nah, you just sit on your money, pretend to be honey like everything's sunny. You think that it's funny that I'm out here running, but I'm going to make something. Yeah, I'm going to be someone. Thank you. Yeah, Roxanne
0: Hernandez. (laughs)
10: Thanks.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Powerful voice. Powerful young voice. I love it. Um, Yeah. I think I remember your poem from the word party. And it was like, it was like this declarative poem about like, kind of like in the same kind of vein, which is just like, what, you know, (laughs) you know, it was like, it was, it was, I had a feminist bent to it. um, Mm. But I see what you're saying yeah about the this like how society is so it's it's certainly not equal right they're like education's important but it's but it's not like you know important enough to for everybody to have equal access to it
10: exactly i'm really upset about like the funding for a lot of colleges and uh, like financial aid will help like students only so much
0: right mm-hmm. and or then you have to kind of me. fill in the blanks and and you know take it the rest of the way and then graduate with debt right Right. i mean i I went to uc um santa barbara and you know i'm still paying off for my bachelor's degree (laughs) Well, now i probably could have paid more along the way but you know (laughs) point being is like you're saying like so many people are just like handed it right Right. um you know depending on their family their background their whatever
7: so many others have to work four hours a day every day they're in college And they end up having to dummy down and wise up, dummy down and wise up day in and day out. Mm -hmm. And they don't have time to talk to the professor and hobnob with the intelligentsia, Mm -hmm. but they get their degree. And it's 10 times as hard for them as it is for the silver silver spoon students. Yeah,
0: yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, what are you studying at SF State?
10: I'm a journalism major with a philosophy minor. Oh, wow. Mm
0: -hmm. Right
7: on. Very difficult.
10: A lot of thinking and a lot of work.
11: <laughs> never heard anybody, I've never heard anybody thinking
10: yeah
0: and and uh it's all it's all valuable, and obviously you're gonna take it places and you're gonna take yourself places like like if i like you would be somebody if if we knew each knew you better, I'd probably be like, oh I don't have to worry about her <laughs> wow,
10: <laughs>
5: she's the,
0: she's gonna be just fine <laughs>
10: <laughs> Yeah. I hope yeah.
0: <laughs> You got it, man. You got it. Um, very cool. I'm so glad you joined us today, and you are welcome to join us any Friday here. We're here from three to six every Friday here at Mutiny Radio. So come on back, and now you got your friend here with some doing some uh, video work. Uh, we are open to all of that and um, letting the arts come out and letting the voices be heard, and we're streaming around the planet on the internet mutinyradio.fm so thank you
10: thank you so much for having me
0: absolutely feel free to stick around or if you find another poem that you want to share feel free to jump in <laughs> and let us know I have one to share I, oh Bloodflower's got one to it's share Flower, to the <laughs> gathering of the tribes. and Jack Mellander, who <laughs> <laughs> we were just, we were just yeah, including yeah, in our yeah, conversation I here I know Jack's got, uh, is that your book Jack?
7: yeah it's, it's on Amazon, it's called Medical files. Medical files. The medical files. P so yeah.
0: really? uh, uh, me H moyam- well,
7: yes, uh, I A L S. Files. P H I L, L E S. Yeah. Hold on
0: just a second, Jack. I just want to make sure your your microphone is uh, connected well with you. Yeah, it's on now. All right, tip that down quite. There you go. That should be. It. Let's do a little testing, testing. Thanks for coming down. Hello? There testing, we go. Testing.
7: Beautiful. Okay. I once, within a book, remember reading a tale of a man whose plight exceeding strange was, for alone he was immured inside a tower library secured. I'm sure that this was nowhere near the ocean. A window there, is this a novel, notion, or looked eternity? A varied sun, now red, now blue, too fast the sky would run. Would strobic flash to intermit the darkness, disclose an ashen desert cinder's darkness? Sometimes a year, two seconds would consume. The stunted trees, a purple arch, illume, as when of verses he'd read half a chapter, would study arcane magic growing raptor. He'd turn from window, page, seat, desk, and hand dust draped and gloved grotesque. He rose, began to sweep and vacuum, mop and scour. When all was done except a cactus flower was needed to reflect from the kitchen floor, he took the winding stair to the awful door. Once, long before, he'd woke to rabid slashing one dark from dreams where he lay thrashing to strangely hear, behind a creaking scratch of talon sharpened oak, a jostled latch. Another sound wind up the oval stairway, which now he'd slow descend. On the doorway also, on the airway also, that night a thundering grunt, the source of which he'd finally somehow hunt. He'd fashioned from a heavy iron bookbinding, therefore, a dagger he had wrought on finding his cell contained a whetstone window sill, book leather wrapped the handle hard and chill. Ignoring the wanky snarl that squealed through fangs unseen, he threw the bar and peeled the twisted hasps open, which shrilly cried. The door was torn away from the other side, and there, there stood, there loomed, the screeching, fantastic, giant pig thing, reaching with weird three fingered crab claw to grab his head. Its breath came raw of garbage from its sty and wallow, its huge pink pelt grease gleaming hollow, its snarl rage flecked its tusks. She cares, gore caked. He spun back toward the stairs. The beam behind the books, they tumbled, while steps behind the closed door rumbled. He barred it fast and in time too. The minutes passed. It held. A few. It held against, starting to splinter from shoulder slams. Two red eyes glinter. It holds. He's sudden hit with weird, long lost recall of how he'd feared, of how he coward once eons prior when first he knew the monster's ire that gnashed with rage and howled without aware that all he'd done was pout and whimper backing toward the tower remembering how he tripped lost power and hope and vanity when it had stripped his pants away he fled it nipped the air obscenely snorting rooting it lunged again he lost his footing he knows for good what it had done why he'd made books his only fun a howl of iron mangled wrenches his mind from revelry. He clenches with knuckles pale, fistfuls of dirk. The thing that had so short a work of his last bulwark made, he meets now with leaping stab. For wonder's sweets now are guarded by mad scholars while each sad eternity's lone child. The hulk reared up, lashed out, clamping the blade away, then stood there stamping both hooves and slowly sat to munch the metal knife all up a hunch. This hapless man had he was waving his chances by the poor, seen thing, behaving bizarrely, staggered, circled round, and jumped clean through the window. He stood stumped, that is. Mm-hmm. He stood when finished crawling from tween a wall and bed where, bawling, he'd waked, wet-cheeked from harrowed dreams of small arms beckoning, dark eyes mocking beam. The window then disclosed through broken shards a summery glade amongst oaken and mid-morning balsams while the ground now rose to less than, say, around three feet beneath the busted portal, and he was feeling strangely mortal. Again down the winding stairways he took his way, and then outside, a brook he walking heard he saw and turning about a noontide cottage with a burning porch light. Beyond some broken glass inside, the steps did downward pass. He kicking out the slivers, crawling agilely through the frame, appalling perfume of mildewed books ignored, and knocking off a broken board, walked down again. But this, the final time, face flushed with shivers, spinal, with timid eyes, but head held high, attained the bottom with his will to try. Now through the last but ruined doorway he sauntered, thought, "Is this the way to home?" Removed another shattered plank from the dim and dank then through two yards of broken fencing to urban street and fall commencing. A canyon had that 12-foot wall blocked between office buildings tall. Up forward from a subway coming, a summer city girl was humming some haunting song that said, Hello. He wistful grinned and rapped, and so...
0: And so... (laughs) That was a really... That was a really cool piece, jack you know what i was thinking kind of towards the beginning that i wish i had like a sound lab set up here <laughs> because you had so many like creaks and moans and like uh-huh. like clippity cloppity kind of like spooky kind of imagery in there that I, I wanted to i wanted to do that with some like sound effects um Thanks for reading that.
7: Well, thank you very much for having me. That's my, basically one of my few Halloween poems.
0: I was going to say, did you read that because it's a Halloween time? <laughs> I thought <laughs> I said, so. Thank you for, for doing that. We need, we need that. Um, um, so cool. It
11: reminded me of, um, I heard something the other day. Someone was talking about bacon as a weapon of mass destruction. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that, that poem reminded me.
0: Oh, man. I that. I wish I had the internet. I'd pull up some like pig song, (laughs) like like some, some rage against the machine or something. Um, that was a cool poem. That was like, it was, it was like story hour. I wish I really do. If anybody out there is listening, uh, right now, um, if you have any suggestions about sound effects or different, uh, you know, machines or, or weird little tricks, um, to make, uh, creepy sound effects give us a call 415-550-0511 or find us on facebook common Third collective and uh, maybe we'll maybe we'll do that one again sometime um and uh, speaking of halloween i've i haven't been sleeping well this week because i went to the movies on monday night and i saw it mm. you guys know what i'm talking about stephen mm-hmm. king's it so they remade it they had made the movie in 1990. I think the book came out in like 86 or something. And I remember watching the one from 1990. I was a couple of years later, but, and having nightmares about it. And then, and then I, you know, just for that one night. And then I read the book and the book's like a, a really amazing story. Um, but, you know, it's the clown, but he's kind of supernatural and the whole, t- it's, it's like pervasive through this the town mm-hmm. of Derry, but he really just attacks kids. But right. the, the grown ups are kind of have this fog or this veil right. in front of them that they don't see it and they don't acknowledge it. Even though probably that happened to them when they were kids too, because it comes in these cycles of like 30 years. So they made this new movie of it. And it was Terrifying. And if I hadn't known the story, I would have been extra scared. <laughs> <laughs> so I've, it's been a little, it's been a little touch and go sleeping this week. Um, but, you know, it's appropriate for Halloween. I'll take my one Halloween spook. And um...
11: the scary part of it, mm-hmm. aside from the fact that I'm an adult and I'm terrified of clowns. Oh, no. Made it a little, the book was all right. You know, the novel was all right. Yeah. Um, the concept of that where the people that you're supposed to turn to to protect you are not the people that are going to protect you. Yeah, that's a that's a heavy thing to lay on people.
0: It is. And especially to this group of kids that's kind of like, kind of what it would seem like kind of a, like a wimpy group of kids, you know, they'll kind of call right. themselves the losers club, right. you know, but really it's when... The losers band together right. and together their friendship and their bond is stronger than this evil, horrible power that comes through, uh, you know, way- and waves. Yeah. And that, that clown. <laughs> <I
5: don't
0: laughs> I'm not even afraid of clowns, but this week things have been creepy. You know, like something will fall on the floor and I'm like, <gasps> Uh, <laughs> I'm alone in a room uh, oh, creak <laughs>
11: everything becomes fraught with significance oh goodness, oh goodness it's kind
0: of fun though, I don't usually go and get scared
7: there was another movie called It about a golem with Raleigh McDowell right, but, but I don't think right. clowns were ever really like monstrous until maybe 50 or 60 years ago <clears throat> and, and I think it, it kind of started with uh, John Wayne Gacy that murder oh yeah he'd play a clown and then he was really evil but there were there were evil like ventriloquist dummies in movies a long time ago but clowns like just you know they're supposed to make kids laugh and be happy and stuff and now there's monster clown yeah
0: that's what's twisted about it because they go after kids and it's from the unexpected you know kind of like happy happy go lucky source oh well Stephen King is a
11: master of horror they make me cringe
0: well, how about this, Bloodflower? We can stop talking about them. Oh, we don't have to change and, the and, subject and because, just because of me. Just well, well, we're changing the subject because of you, not for your fear of clowns, but because you have a poem or maybe more. I have no idea. You're a I'm man gonna, of mystery. I'm not
11: going to inflict more than one on, on you. Um, uh, sonnets, for some reason, I have, everything's getting laid on me in 14 lines. Um, my writing time is a.m., you know, early morning, you know, that's when it gets laid on me. So, um, they're not numbered, they're not titled, so we just call today, we'll call it Friday Sonnet, right? As you tattoo an endless poem around my heart's surface, in looping cobalt coils let it speak of a desire that holds a knowledge of life and of death. Lilith could have crashed and cast the ink across the floor of the synagogue of Satan's endless scrim of senseless light. Slowly the blue skies might regain their dullish colors as if something good will eventually happen. At 3 a.m. the sidewalks erupt in fervent prayer, a petition to tear the demon sun from the sky in huge asbestos chunks and fiery shreds of infidelity. As you occupy my heart's time, With the desert and the delirium. Tell me again how the blue skies are simply passing on through. Show us what the shadows dream of as they calmly sculpt the night. Thank you. Thanks. Always glad to help. Show us what the
0: shadows dream of as they sculpt the night amazing
11: thank you very much amazing thank you.
0: thank you it's so wonderful to be in the company of poets um i i love that we never know what's going to come of it and that's really what the common thread collective is we never really know what's going to happen but something amazing inspiring uh, always does so um thank you bloodflower for that thank sonnet you. Thank you. Thank you, Jack Melander, for reading from your poetry book, Medical Files, and, uh, and Roxanne Hernandez, who uh, read a couple of her original pieces for us. She, Yeah, yeah. She's got some fire, fire in her for sure. And I'm glad that she is studying uh, journalism and philosophy at SF State and also is the lifestyle and culture editor at the Golden Gate Express at SF State. That's super cool.
11: Can I request a
0: song? You know what? You you can, but I won't be able to do it because my uh, internet connection has failed me. So uh, I would love to, you know, receive requests at any time that I can't always deliver on them.
11: Everybody's systems are
0: going down. Hey, you know what? That's okay. I don't mind the systems going down. Um, And I saw there's, I was in North Beach yesterday and there's, there's a shop down there, just out, just right as you kind of come onto Columbus off of Montgomery. I don't know what kind of shop it is, some sort of retail establishment, but they always have a sandwich board out front with really clever things written on it, and it just it kind of makes me laugh when I walk by. And yesterday, their sign said "Say la fucking V." <laughs> <laughs> from Rasteria, Renee Asteria. Uh, we'll play a little more of her music as to as we take out uh, the show today. We're going to end up a l- and wrap it up a little early this afternoon and get to the get going. But we've got Barbara Bennett here with a, a poem about Dave or for Dave or something Dave related, Diamond Dave related, of course. <laughs> so thanks for being here.
12: Okay, and this poem is called A Mind in His Own Legend, which is what Wavy Gravy used to call David, A Mind in His Own Legend, which of course was a joke. Anyway, um, creation is perfect, a projection of magic wand fingers, like the sun, not everyone knows. How to feel, but David can figure out who can. He doesn't trip, cause balance is tricky, like sharp shards on flat-footed street walks, randomly on purpose, like wide sheaths of new grass or miles of shallow infant seas, because there are rabid cities. David said he was sixty at fifty-nine, and and. 79 at 78 he's about to be 80 and each foot lets the other one be like a human being or a political punk hootenanny David doesn't get oppression as David likes to quote Jesus said don't do what you hate because mere words are psychedelic clean hands from dirty clothes children of living light Well, you don't have to be a wimp to be a hippie. We are, fish with frogs' eyes. Kaufman's blinded freedom in the face of ordered insanity. Because sometimes institutions are safe, and the streets has bosses and rules. So the only food to eat is the anarchist kind if you sit down with david the revolution cafe where as of now has yet to have a revolution and maybe you're broke or beat or sick or beatific he might say that if you don't panic you can keep it organic so you leave scratching your head wondering what did he just say
0: nice
1: was, don't I'm do what you hate barbara. that is hey barbara thank you barbara he's a don't lie and don't do what you hate and here we are hey bud Flower. hey hey barbara hey val yeah I think yeah a winding that was a uh, to be continued uh, interview with garrett Bradbeck. hopefully he'll be in and we'll uh, call and we'll plan a uh, book party for, so we don't have to go to, here and um, here's a book about the emergence of the revolution. And he says, go to Amazon. No, no, no. We're gonna, I'm going to do my best to try to have copies of that book because it is a really good read. Right here in Mutiny and maybe, uh, maybe Alicat, too. But once again, well, I've got a couple of things. First thing I'll say is uh, this show uh, presented to you thanks to Organic Valley Co-op, Family of Farms. Is that right, Val? That's right. And That's we're working right. on another, that, that, this, we've gone through a year really fast, haven't we? We have, we
0: have. It has been a year. The Organic Valley has sponsored us all year, and we're, we're so grateful and excited because we're going to continue to have um, support from the Organic Valley family of farms, but also we're going to have support from Dr. Bronners, who believes in the common thread as well. So this is an exciting time for the Common Thread um, because it, you know, as a community radio station, we certainly appreciate you know any support that we can get. Basically, we uh, we pay dues to uh, keep the doors open and the lights on, but also. Uh, you know, it, what we do here is rather priceless because uh, we actually have this art space here in the Mission District in San Francisco in 2017, um, which is no easy task, uh, where we can broadcast, free, sp- you know, speak freely, uh, promote artists, independent voices, um, interdependent activism and community, and, uh, to really reach around the planet, around the world and connect with our friends, our brothers and sisters, and people who we don't even know yet, um, to get on the same page and really work towards the peace, uh, and, and, and the healthful and the healthy world that, uh, we all want to live in and we all want to see everybody else be able to live in. So, um, what we do may be considered radical, but it's pretty um, magical. So thank you for joining us here on the Common Thread Collective, and thank you everyone for supporting us in whatever way you are. Even if it's just listening to us, we are thrilled. Uh, it's an interesting medium radio because we're here in this booth, and you know we've got folks hanging out here, and you're welcome to come down and hang out as well. Uh, but other than that, I, you're listening somewhere far, far away, or maybe you're just down the block. And, um, you know, we get about 5,000 downloads of our show every month for the Common Thread Collective, about 3,000 for Women's Magazine, which I host from two to three every day. And every time the listener stats come out, I'm really blown away um, because the word is getting out because it's it's good word and it's independent. And uh, yeah, right on. And we have a piano.
1: And, uh, and, the, and the B-Day party. Oh, yeah. Diamond Dave's birthday party. 80 years on the planet. Wow. Eight decades. Say it an again. An, an octogenarian. Oh, my goodness. We have to open the door. And that's why I saw I have Garrick Beck uh, here because he takes all the way back to when we started out at Living Theater. And we're still aiming to be a Living Theater. So come on through. And we're, 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 when's it going to be? Write this down, put it in your mind, November 11th. Yeah, 1111. 11111, one, 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 one. that's right. At Adobe Bookstore, which is uh, just on, on 24th Street, just mm-hmm. off Van Ness. Uh, so some of our features will be a Trio Combio, of course, mm-hmm. our host band, Hey Moon, Hey Windsong, and Company. And, and it could be you, because the secret of being a good MC and why I can have a B day party. As I realize, the secret is nobody goes away mad, no one goes away sad, everybody goes away glad, able to do what they came to do. Uh, okay, came to do. So bring what you can. Uh, we say potluck, which means bring what you can. Nobody will go without.
11: Adobe uh, books is a fine, um, fine and, uh, establishment to have a party too. It's perfect
1: because you can pull yeah. books off. It's perfect at all So come in and check it out. Bring what you can. Nobody's going to go with, go without. That's right, and don't
0: feel like you have to bring anything. Of course not. Why it's was? a Saturday, November eleventh. That's one 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 one, and it's going to be at Adobe Books on Twenty Fourth Street here in San Francisco, and starting around seven or about six thirty in the evening, um, and going until. They kinda of kick us out because uh, it'll be a party and it'll be performances and sharing and community building and last year, t- celebrating um, Diamond Dave. Last year they had
11: a wonderful, last year they had a wonderful bluegrass band that I can't
0: hear I'm sorry, that was a sorry about that. Was cutting um, last it.
11: year they had this wonderful bluegrass band that did David Bowie covers. I thought that was brilliant.
0: That was really <laughs> really <good. laughs> Was that Jeremy? Is yeah. yeah. the the beauty the beauty operators. Yeah, they were brilliant.
1: Yeah. That's super cool. Of Avalos' office. In fact when I was in the hospital, I looked up and who's walking through the door but John Avalos. Yeah. Well, so he's into it. So uh, so uh, I mean it is my eightieth birthday. What can you expect from me? Not this much but so each and every one of you, well you don't need a permission, just put it out there and I'll be there to say greetings, people. Put it out there. Let's do it, cast that wide net, and make it happen. That's right. May
12: I make a suggestion? Of course. If anybody has a massage table and wants to bring it and give massages, and I'm sure you could put out a tip jar, I think that would be a great addition to the party. I like okay. the way you think Kate. on that one, Barbara.
0: Okay. Can I, can um, I get him. in line now? <laughs> can I sign up?
1: <laughs> well, <the> <laughs> Adobe Books is not only in the bookstore, it's not only in the back room. But it it's also that on the sidewalk outside, right. where marijuana smoking is, uh, if not encouraged, at least permitted. Freedom.
0: Thanks everybody for tuning in today. Um, Should be legal. <laughs> and uh, and we'll we'll enough. see we'll see you soon. And also um, real, one last little announcement about an, a cool event coming up this coming Thursday. Um, November 2nd at the red poppy art house. That's right at the corner of 23rd and Folsom. There's a really cool brass band called the Sisu Brassland, and they're going to be playing some new music. Um, One of my friends, Aaron Priscorn, he also performs under the name Venus is an amazing trumpet player. He's actually a professional musician. Uh, He teaches and he performs. He's one of those friends of mine that I'm like, so I, I, I so respect and admire because it's really hard to make your art your full time work mm-hmm. as well and he just kind of decided you know several many years ago now he's like you know I just want to do this and he figured it out and he and he's doing amazing work so the Sisu Brassland uh, Brass Band is going to be again at the Red Poppy Art House Thursday evening November 2nd and that's at 23rd in Folsom so my neighbor's yeah, cruise cruise by the red poppy on Thursday and check out, you might be uh, beckoned in by the music. So thanks again for joining
1: us here. You got something else, Dave, or are you, you ready to roll? No, I'm ready to roll, except saying what I always say is, learn to love, love to learn, this never ends. Thanks. All right, good show, everybody.
0: I'll roll out with some music by Rasteria. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, stay tuned. There's tons of stuff that's happening at Mutiny Radio all the time. And if you want to have your Don't own stop. show here, you can be a DJ too. Uh, if you want to contact our, our director at mutinyradio.fm, that's M-U-T-I-N-Y radio.fm, and uh, learn about how you can get trained on in our studios and get your own two hour time slot every week here and uh broadcast around the the internet we've got your rss feed all hooked up so you could you can channel yourself into itunes if you'd like and um yeah this is a community resource so please come down and uh be a part of it and check it out i'm global val thanks for
1: all you everybody does I just got this on my handheld device as an announcement. Uh. This is going to be October 29th at 1 p.m. to 3. Um, and it's, it's part of the One City, One Book. So the library, things move on. The, the library is putting this on. They have the book, uh, One City, One Book. And the book is called The Irrepressible, Politics of the Black Panther. And, and this particular is going to be at uh, 100 Larkin Street, Sunday, October, 1 o'clock. So I think I uh, let's try to. Uh, we need to bring all these folks in. Beautiful. Hey, so, thanks. Is that
0: this Sunday, Dave? You're saying the, the 29th. The 29th. Where is it again?
1: 100 Larkin Street. Okay. History of
0: the Black Panthers.
1: You're re. you History of the Black Panthers. All right. Can't be repressed. Well, here we are still here.
0: That's right. Truth. Truth finds a way. How's that? <laughs> happy halloween everybody stay safe out there look out for one another today and every day peace we love you getting out of here early today but thanks again for tuning in to the common thread collective Uh, we we love being able to do this and be a platform for for free speech and artistic and political expression and uh, community building so again come on down and join us sometime be a part of it if you have a Uh, a project you're working on if you have some concerns about the world and some ideas to share if you've got some music to play or poetry or um, fiction or whatever uh, come on down and be a part of the common thread collective because uh, artists are needed and so um, I'm going to put on To just let us let us roll out here a little bit early today, Howard Zinn, who of course wrote a People's History of the United States, and this is um, a recording called "Artists in a Time of War."
13: Uh, But as I say, yeah, I've thought about it. Of course, all of us have, and. And what comes to mind when I think of the, you know, the relationship of the artist to society, what should be the relationship of the artist to society, and with me, it's always a question of what should be and not what is, but I think of the word transcendent, which is a word I've never used in public. (laughs) But it was the only thing I could come up with to describe uh, what I think about the role of the artist. And by that I mean, you know, not, you know, Immanuel Kant's, well, yes, sort of close to it, but not really, <laughs> his idea of what is transcendent, something like it. But the, the idea is that the artist transcends the immediate, uh, transcends the here and now. The artist, well, transcends the madness of the world transcends the madness of terrorism, transcends the madness of war. And uh, the artist thinks outside the framework and acts and paints and does music and writes outside the framework that society has, has created. And, and the artist may do s- no more than and I don't mean to minimize it by saying no more than, the artist may do more than, you know, give us uh, beauty and laughter, uh, passion, surprise, drama. And that's, that's good. <laughs> uh, that is, the artist needn't apologize for just doing that because in doing that, the, the artist is telling us what the world should be like, even if it isn't that way now. And the artist is, is taking us away from the moments of horror that we experience every day in this world, some days more than others, and, and showing us something else, showing us what is possible. There's no need for an artist to apologize about just giving us something that is passionate and beautiful and funny or any of those. No, no need to apologize for that, yeah. but there is more. As the artist can do more, yes, should, should do more. Not only that, but more. Because the artist is also a citizen, the artist is a human being. I mean, I face that in a different way in that uh, if, I'm, if I can be classified well, yeah, the, the society classifies me. You say, I'm a historian. <laughs> that scares me. <laughs> to be classified, I'm a historian. But I don't want to be just a historian. And But the, the society uh, disciplines us. <laughs> it puts us into a discipline. You're a historian. You're a businessman. You're an engineer. You're a this. You're a that. And the first thing somebody asks you at a cocktail party is, what do you do? (laughs) Which means, uh, you know, what, what is your profession? What is your, you know, how are you categorized? And the problem is that people begin to think that that's what they are, and that's all they are, that they're professionals in something. And you hear the word professionalism being used, and people say, you've got to be professional. Whenever you hear the word, I get a little scared because uh, that limits human beings to working within the limits set by this profession. As a historian, I I would face this, and there would be, during the Vietnam War, there would be meetings of of historians. Uh, Can you imagine what a wonderful feeling that is to be among 2,000 historians? at a meeting uh, and, uh, and I remember during the Vietnam War, this question was at one of our great meetings of historians, the war was raging in Southeast Asia. And the question was, should historians take a stand on the war? And there was a big debate on this, really. There was a big debate on this. And uh, some of us you know, introduced a resolution, saying, you know, we historians think the United States should get out of Vietnam, a simple little thing. And then there were others who said, no, Uh, it's not not that we don't think the United States should stay in Vietnam, it's not that at all. It's just that we're historians. (laughs) It's not our business. Hey, whose business is it? So, the historian says it's not my business, and the businessman says it's not my business, and the lawyer says it's not my business, and you know, the artist says it's not my business, and whose business is it? You mean we're going to leave the business of the most important issues in the world to the people who run the country? <laughs> I mean, how stupid can you be? <laughs> I mean, haven't we had enough experience Historically, with leaving the important decisions to the people in the White House, or the people in Congress, or the people in the Supreme Court, or the people who dominate the economy. We've had lots of experience leaving the important decisions to them because the citizen doesn't know he's a citizen. He thinks he's only a doctor, or a lawyer, or a historian, or an artist, or whatever. But back in the 18th century, Rousseau said, you know I see all sorts of people who are doing this and doing that and doing this and doing that but where are the citizens among us you know everybody everybody must be involved there are no experts well there are I remember during the Vietnam War I keep going back because that's you know there are certain historical moments when learning is more intense than at any other period. I mean, this is one of those moments too, right now, after September 11th. But Vietnam was one of those moments when learning is compressed uh, into a short span of time and place. And one of the things we learned about during those years was about experts and about when the war started, And people would ask questions: Why are we there? <laughs> Say, well, listen to the experts. The experts would get on television and tell us why we're there. And I remember the British actor, an artist, right? Actors are artists. Uh, the British actor Peter Ustinov spoke out against the war in Vietnam. And then somebody said, Ustinov, he's an actor. He's not an expert, and the snuff replied. There are experts in little things, but there are no experts in big things. There are experts in this fact and that fact and that fact, but there are no moral experts. It's important to remember that, that all of us, whatever we do, have the right to make moral decisions about the world and undeterred, by the cries that will come up, oh, you you don't know, you're not an expert. These people up there, they know. Well, it takes only a little bit of history to realize how dangerous it is to think that the people who run the country know what they're doing. So the word transcendent comes to mind when I think of the role of the artist in dealing with the issues of the day And and I use the word transcendent to suggest that the role of the artist is to transcend the given wisdom, to transcend uh, the word of the establishment, to transcend the orthodoxy, to transcend, uh, to go beyond, to escape uh, what is handed down by the government or what is said in the press, or what is said on television. Uh, because there are people in the arts and people in, in other professions uh, who think, uh, well, uh, yes, let's get involved. But let's get involved in the way we are told to be involved. And then you will see the artists and the, and the other people in professions uh, getting in line in the way that uh, uh, people are expected to get in line when the president says this is what we must do and all oh, everybody else in politics echoes that and this is we, what we must do. And, uh, and, and you've, we've seen this all around now. I mean, how many times have I read in the press since September 11th, well, we must be united. Now, what do they mean by that? I would like us to be united, but united around what? And when people say we must be united, most of the time when they say this, they are saying either explicitly or implicitly, we must be united around whatever the president tells us to do. Dan Rather, right? TV anchor, anchored to the establishment Uh, Isn't that what an anchor man is? Uh, And Dan Rather gets up on national television and says, Bush is my president. When he says, get in line, I get in line. Did any of you read that? Yes, he said it. I mean, I I make up some things. (laughs) But I didn't make that up you see. And I thought, here is is a a very important, influential journalist, and he has forgotten the first rule of journalism, which is think for yourself. He's forgotten what that great journalist, I. F. Stone, that, you know, the, uh, really probably, you know, one of the several greatest journalists of the 20th century. What I.F. Stone used to say when, you know, he stopped working for the, for the major media, he, would, he, he was working for regular newspapers, and then he realized he couldn't be himself, he couldn't say what he wanted to do. And so he, he established his own little newsletter, I.F. Stone's Weekly, which became famous for giving you things that you couldn't get anywhere else. And then I.F. Stone would be invited to speak to classes of journalism students. And he would say, I'm gonna tell you a number of things, but you really only have to remember if you really want to be a good journalist. You really only have to remember two words. Governments lie. (laughs) Very important to remember. Governments lie. I mean, not just the American government. Governments in general lie. Uh, And when I say all governments lie, that may sound like an anarchist statement. The anarchists have something there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they're right to be skeptical and suspicious of people who hold governmental power because the tendency of people who hold governmental power is to lie in order to maintain that power. And rather, when he said that, the president says, get in line, I get line. He uh, violated that, you know, Hippocratic oath of journalists that is implied in the profession of journalism, of think for yourself. The kind of statement you would expect from a journalist in a totalitarian state, not somebody living in a democracy. And then, talking about getting in line, And then you have Al Gore, who accepted his defeat graciously, so graciously, that he became humble, overwhelmingly humble, (laughs) so that when all of this happened, uh, Gore announced, Bush is my Commander-in-Chief. I thought, I don't think he's read the Constitution. The Constitution says that the President is the Commander-in-Chief of the Armed Forces. He's not the Commander-in-Chief of the country, of all of us, you see. but well, here are all these people rushing to get in line, rushing to, to get inside the perimeter you know, of power. No. And it's the job of the artist to transcend that, to think outside the boundaries, to dare to say things that no one else will say. And uh, f- fortunately, we've, we've had, uh, all through history, artists who've who dared, dared to do that. Well, I think of Mark Twain. And here he was writing these, these great novels which everybody loved. The story is a wonderful, wonderful storyteller. But when the United States went to war in 1898 against Spain, and then after a quick defeat of Spain, what was called a splendid little war. Uh, the United States went to war in the Philippines. That was not a splendid little war. That was a long and ugly war to subdue the Filipinos who wanted to run the Philippines themselves. Uh, A war which in its atrocities uh, foretold the war in Vietnam. And Mark Twain became uh, one of the voices speaking out against that war. And when Theodore Roosevelt in 1906, and by then the, the war had been going on for five years, and there were several hundred thousand Filipinos dead. Or oh, you will not find much in your history books about how many Filipinos died in that war. But in 1906, the U.S. Army committed a massacre in the Philippines. You might call it an act of terrorism, that is in the sense that innocent people were simply mowed down by an army unit. And and Theodore Roosevelt sent a message of congratulations to the general who carried out the operation against these these Moros, these Muslims in the southern Philippines who were virtually unarmed, who didn't know anything about modern warfare. Men, women, children just mowed down every single one of them. And, and after Roosevelt congratulated the general for this great military victory, uh, Mark Twain denounced Roosevelt uh, for this and became one of the leadings, leading protesters against the war in the Philippines. Uh, he stepped out of his role as a, just a storyteller whom everybody loved and got into the fray and dared to say things that so many people in the country were not saying. And of course, people then questioned his patriotism. Because as soon as you speak outside the boundaries, as soon as you say things uh, that are different than what the establishment is telling you to say, what the newspapers, what the media, what everybody, including leading intellectuals, are telling you to say, you know, as soon as you do that, the question of your patriotism arises. And uh, Mark Twain said about patriotism, and about loyalty, because people asked him, why aren't you loyal? He said, my kind of loyalty was loyalty to one's country, not to its institutions or its office holders. The country is a real thing, the substantial thing, the eternal thing. It is a thing to watch over and care for and be loyal to. Its institutions are extraneous. There it's mere clothing, and clothing can wear out, become ragged, Cease to be comfortable. Cease to protect the body from winter, disease, and death. To be loyal to rags, to shout for rags, to worship rags, to die for rags, that is a loyalty of unreason. This is important because in the present discussion, boundaries have been set, lines have been drawn, and people who go outside those boundaries and who dare to criticize uh, official policy uh, are called unpatriotic, you know, and disloyal. When they say that, when they accuse dissenters of that, they have forgotten the meaning of loyalty and the meaning of patriotism. Yeah. Patriotism does not mean support for your government. Patriotism means support for your country, as Mark Twain said. Or as Emma Goldman said, Well, roughly around the same time. Emma Goldman, the feminist anarchist, said, uh, she gave a lecture on patriotism. uh, And she said, I love the country, uh, but I don't love the government. And uh, to criticize the government when you think the government is wrong is the highest act of patriotism. And when somebody accuses you I don't know if you will all face that situation. But if somebody accuses you of not being patriotic because you don't go along with whatever the government is doing, I think you ought to remind them about the Declaration of Independence. and that, According to the Declaration of Independence, and everybody praises the Declaration of Independence when it's hung up on a classroom wall but not when people read it and understand that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. During the Vietnam War, a soldier was disciplined for putting up the Declaration of Independence on his barracks wall. But The Declaration of Independence says that governments are artificial creations. They're set up by people, by the people of the country. Governments are set up by the people of the country to achieve certain things, certain objectives, the equality of all people in their right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Yes, yeah. Governments are artificial creations set up for those purposes, and when a government becomes destructive of those ends, as the Declaration said, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it. That's serious. We're see a podcast? Are ye on a raft without a pattern? Well, gather
14: around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship. As we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. FM.
15: It's a cash card <laughs> kind. Yeah.
16: If you're looking for a personal injury lawyer in San Francisco, look no further than Francis J. Shaheda. Mr. Shaheda did an amazing job with my case. First he informed the courts about my case that had not been scheduled or submitted yet despite the language on the citation. I was so confused and afraid of the legal system, but he did it all for me. He communicated promptly via email with any of my questions. I was afraid of an enormous fine for a small infraction, as well as a criminal offense on my record, but he spoke to the DA to have my case removed from criminal court and put into the community court system. I am so overwhelmingly happy with the results he generated and would recommend him to anyone with legal issues. This is a personal first-person narrative because Francis J. Shaheda helped me personally, helped Mutiny Radio go to him for personal injury issues. You can email him at www.personalinjuryattorneyfjs.com. Again, the law office of Francis J. Shaheda in San Francisco.
17: and underground space for an event, at 21st in Florida contact Pam at Pamsai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank that's mutiny radio rentals every Thursday Saturday and Sunday from 8 to 10 book your event now
14: heard me but boy how it burns me whenever she touched me and you know, I feel so lucky. Oh! That's what I'm saying! It's the Joke Workshop, Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo!
4: 499!
11: The Night Space brings you high-time story time every Wednesday night from 10 to midnight on Mutiny Radio. Listen to San Francisco's finest underground comedians read crazy stories written by me, Arden, on the Nightspace. The Night Space featuring High Time Storytime every Wednesday night from 10 to midnight on Mutiny Radio. High Time Storytime Volume 1 now available on Amazon.com for Kindle and electronic
13: download.
14: Howdy mutineers! It is I, Stolowitz, Dark Lord of the Sith, and several dive bars in San Jose. Every Tuesday night from 10pm to midnight, join me in my quest to escape from the occult oubliette, a world of violence, intrigue, sexuality, mysticism, magic, and leftover spaghetti. Enjoy my insane rants about leftist causes, midwestern witchcraft, the ascendancy of Skynet, and why neo-paganism is vastly overrated. I've got guests, music, comedy, and old Alan Watts lectures from the 70s. How can you resist? You can't! I put a spell on you! Ah! MuniRadio.fm is an official shrine of the miraculous garlic of Mount Cavalry. We are not associated with the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, except on Tuesdays at 10 p.m. Hope to see you there. Or hear you, I should say.
16: Hey, Zach Wiseman, you're a good comedian.
7: You know how I got good?
16: How good? How did you get so great at comedy? I got great at comedy. (sighs) Happy. <sighs> yeah, every Friday from six to eight with new host Trina Roderick. It's where um, people go, and sometimes they smell bad, and sometimes they don't smell
17: bad. Mutiny Radio made me great. <laughs> Mutiny Radio made me better than you.
16: And that you can be better than everyone else, too, every Friday from 6 to 8 on Happy Hour here at Mutiny Radio. But you'll bet never be better than me. You'll never be better than me. you never, be never be better than Zach. And also, it's a happy hour, but we don't have any alcohol. So it's happy-ish. But you're gonna do comedy. I'll do comedy. And you're gonna enjoy comedy. Just be an audience. Just come. It's free.
17: Yeah, I just drink in my car. (laughs) You You could drink like a fucking adult.
16: Exactly. Drink, drink around the corner, somewhere else, not here. But uh, come to Happy Hour every Friday from six to eight with Trina Roderick. Yeah, do that.